bless you real good. Thank you. Thank you for all those that have been praying for me. Went through a little bit of a difficult time, but God is good and we're better than new now. Praise God. I'm going to be speaking today on prophetic journey. And when you go on a journey, one of the first things that you need to do is strap on your seatbelt. And I would suggest very strongly this morning that you do that and hear what God is saying. The Lord gave me a prophetic word a few weeks ago, and I'm just going to give that now. I am gathering a remnant people in this day. Those that know their God and hear his voice and obey. I will lead you to higher ground and to the depth of relationship. Trust me. Wait on me. For in this day, my church is as a sleeping giant. Arise. Stand your ground. My church is divided with man's thoughts, religion. Stand in this day, arm in arm. Don't break rank. I am leading my church. Once again, the message for today is prophetic journey. I'm going to begin with the end in mind in 1 Corinthians 12 Verse 27 to 31, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Verse 28, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various of tongues. Are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Verse 30, do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly seek the best gifts? And I show you a more excellent way. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, talks about the fivefold ministry, the ascension gift ministries that Jesus gave the church. One month ago, while I was sleeping, the name Agabus came to me. And this message is a result of that word. Often the Lord has spoken to me in my sleep or randomly given me a word for a place, for a season, for a person. And what is the name Agabus? What does that mean? Well, in Greek, it means locus, the Father's joy or feast. In Eastern cultures, the meaning of the name is important. The references Hitchcock Dictionary Bible Names. Agabus 
was only mentioned twice in Scripture. Some would think he had a small or insignificant ministry. We cannot judge after the way the world does. Any life-giving ministry is of all importance to God and to the body of Christ. Agabus went out with the 70 in Luke 10, verse 1. Jesus sent the 70 out to do the work of the Lord, to preach the kingdom of God. Agabus, we're told, lived in Antioch and died in Antioch, which is in Turkey. They were first called Christians in Antioch. There's a theme to the prophetic journey, and I remembered a quote. Prophecy puts you there before you get there. That's an interesting thought. I remember a number of journeys that I've gone on. Some took time for the Lord to prepare and the sending. It's interesting. You know, Jesus is a prophet, priest, and king. Today we're talking about prophet. How important is it to hear and obey the prophetic word? I'm going to share something that's very near and dear to my heart. Many years ago, I was working in an area. I used to work all over British Columbia. And I drove near a church. And I heard the Spirit of God say that there was a man, and he was in acute emotional state. And he needed help. He needed someone to, just like the Good Samaritan, to to go and to, to minister to him. So I drove past the building a number of times. I really felt uncomfortable. God, you know, you've given me a word. You've given me this information. But for me to actually go and, and share it, there was a little bit of a, a struggle. So I drove past the building a number of times but I felt I had to go and relay this to the senior pastor. The person was on his staff. And I was asked, how did you hear about this? The pastor said. And I said, well, the Spirit of God told me. You know, and rightly so. Some people, they come up and they, well, the Spirit of God said this and that and Maybe they had too much garlic or onions for dinner. I don't know. But, you know, God does speak in that way. And I was told, well, he is in counseling. And I didn't need to concern myself with it anymore. Just let it go. The caution and the warning was not heeded to. Within a week, the man... <laughs> had committed suicide. <laughs> you know, this is real. 
This is real. It's not anything to play with. When the Spirit of God moves, we need to have ears to hear. We need to walk it out. Within a week, this man committed suicide. Think on that. Selah. And I say this not with any judgment. I did what I was called to do. I gave the word. I gave the caution. The warning. Introduction. What is the ministry of a prophet? Well, there are many prophetesses. That's women, lady prophets. In the Old Testament, there was Miriam and Deborah or Deborah. New Testament, Anna. In Revelation chapter 2, we're going to be reading beginning with verse 19. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. He, she calls herself a prophetess to teach and beguile my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her in a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts, and I'll give to each one according to their works. That's pretty powerful, I would say. Jezebel called herself a prophetess. Very interesting. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching on the ministry of a prophet. Point A, if you're taking notes, and as Pastor Randy said, I would strongly recommend that you do. This is birthed out of much passion and prayer. Get a hold of it. Walk in it. Point number A, sometimes the term seer is used in the Old Testament to describe this ministry. 2 Samuel 24, 11 to 17. We're going to read that. 2 Samuel 11. Now when David arose in the morning... <clears throat> The word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad. Boy, what a name to have, Gad. Well, that's good as any other name, I guess. 
David's seer saying, Go and tell David, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Now, to give you a little bit of history, David decided to number his troops. And in a sense, that was not really trusting that God had everything under control. He was looking at his resources, so he was numbering all of his soldiers, which were many. So choose one of these, the prophet said, that I may do it to you. Boy, that's interesting. So Gad came to David and told him, he said to him, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days plague in the land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. Who sent him? The Lord sent him. Boy, what a, what a situation to put David in. Well, let's see his response in verse 14. And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hands of man. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning. Oh, that's interesting. He sent a plague. Oh, yeah. I think we're familiar with that. From morning until the appointed time, from Dan to Beersheba, do you think there's consequences when we sin? Yes. Well, it says here, 70,000 men of the people died. Wow. Verse 16, And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, It is enough! Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Uriam, the Jebusite. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Surely I have sinned. I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came to that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor. Erect an altar. Repentance. Coming before the Lord and, and building an altar of prayer. Intercession. God is not about to destroy us. So often we destroy ourselves through wickedness. Another scripture, Acts 11, and this is what we're actually going to be talking about primarily today, and that's Agabus. 
Agabus came down from Jerusalem. And in those days, Acts eleven twenty-seven to 28, and in those days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine in all the world, not just in their little land space, in all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. The prophet spoke, and it came to pass. There was a great worldwide famine in that day. Point C. Point B actually was a prophet is one who speaks for God. Point C, the prophet has the ability to make the hidden truths and mysteries of God plain. He is a revealer of the truth. This is a ministry of revelation to the whole body of Christ. This ministry is the one suitable for directive prophecy. Amos 3.7, surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Point D, the prophet will also prophesy in the church in a more simple realm, open to all believers, that is in the area of edification, exhortation, and comfort. I believe personally that not everyone should feel that they should be going around and having a directive prophetic word. Words are powerful, and they can literally change lives. Yes, for the body of Christ, edification, exhortation, and comfort. As we hear from the Spirit of the Lord, it's good to admonish one another, to encourage one another, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 and 4, but he who prophesies, I already touched on that. <laughs> so the office of a prophet is different. The office of a prophet is different than the gift of prophecy. With the charismatic movement, sometimes people either are not taught or they don't understand the difference. Going back to Ephesians chapter 4, 10 and 11, there are ascension gift ministries, and one of those is that of a prophet. There are two accounts going to Agabus now that mention Agabus. Number one, we've already touched on about he prophesied that there was going to be a famine, and there was. Number two, he prophesied concerning Paul's missionary vision and what would ultimately happen to Paul. So let's 
Turn to Acts 21, please. Acts 21 and beginning with verse 10. And he stayed many days. A certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. In the King James Version, it says it was his girdle. I like belt. It sounds a little more up to date where we are. Bound, he bound the Apostle Paul with Paul's belt, his hands and his feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and those that came from that place pleaded with him, with Paul, not to go to Jerusalem. You know, what was Paul's response? Then Paul answered. Paul didn't say, well, give my belt to somebody else. No, he didn't. He said, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound but also to die at Jerusalem. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. What a testimony. What a powerful testimony. And Romans 8, 38 and 39, the word persuaded, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor any present, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a, what a powerful encouragement that is. You know, I grew up in a, in a church, I suppose you'd call it a, well, spirit-led movement, where prophecy was quite important. I remember personally waiting and anticipating the prophets coming to our little church. I fasted for three days. And in the midst of praying in the church basement, I was all alone. I, no one was around. And the Lord revealed to me something that's yet to take place. It's just like my body was nailed to the floor and, and I could see myself ministering, preaching to thousands of people. They were, they had faces, they were black I've done this and I've done that and the Lord has led me in the way I haven't seen that. And 
that isn't as important as are we hearing? Are we available? Is God able to use us? Or do we say, hey, give the belt to Timothy or, you know. No, he took responsibility that this was part of his calling. So, laying on of hands, the ministry in 1 Timothy 1.18, as far as personal prophecy, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy previously made concerning you. They had had prophetic release that by them you may wage a good warfare. Why do we need a prophetic word? Because, just like I said, I'm going to look it up. Prophecy puts you there before you get there. What does that mean to you? It means that there is an impartation through prophetic ministry and things that you knew would be confirmed. Yes, they're confirmed. But that which is not even birthed in you can be imparted by the Holy Ghost as the word of the Lord is being ministered. The prophecy of the laying on of hands in 1 Timothy 4.14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. It's good to have men of God, women of God come to local churches and stand with the elders and for people to set their heart open and, and desiring to hear from God. It's an exciting time. I remember we set a pastor in in Kelowna, and the Spirit of God was moving very heavily. And, oh, how good to be a part of that ministry. I'm going to read something that has been a blessing to me every time I've read it, and I trust it will be a blessing to you. One moment with Jesus will bring your dreams back to life again. How many of you have had a dream, a vision, a desire, a heart's cry, and you've laid it on the shelf? One miraculous encounter with God will remind you that the gift within you is irrevocable. It's time to let it rise again. Have your dreams died? Have you forgotten who Jesus is? One word from his lips and you can walk on water. Amen. We can limit our future to our own reduced thinking. Forgetting we were born for a great purpose. And that destiny resides within us. It's easy to forget we were crafted 
by the master to do damage to the enemy's kingdom. And if we are attached to the source of all power, we are attached to the source of all power. We are unstoppable. Amen? Just going to begin to wind it down. In summary, I'm going back to where we started. And I think many times we need to consider that. You know, when we're saved, when we're new in the Lord, we have vision, understanding, impact of the Word of God. We see what the Lord is doing. We're hungry. Once again, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, verse 31. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Are we all workers of miracles? Do we all have gifts of healing? Do we all speak with tongues? Do we all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts? And yet I show you a more excellent way. Do you know why the body of Christ is so often weak in our day? Because of fear. Fear of the unknown. You know, if everyone that had a calling on their life, whether five-fold ascension gift ministry or, you know, whatever it is, if we would buckle a seatbelt and go for God. Prophetic journey. What is your journey looking like today? Revelation talked about Jezebel. Don't be a Jezebel. She didn't repent. It cost her her health, her family, and her life. I have never seen that as I have been studying the effect, the ripple effect that sin can have. Very important to hear what I'm going to say, this paragraph. Humility and repentance are key for restoration with God. It's vitally important that humility and repentance are in place for the restoration of anyone in the body of Christ who has fallen. There's an example, and the Lord put this in my heart, in my mind, so I thought, well, I'm going to share it. It's like riding a horse. If you fall off due to sin or neglect, repent and get back up with good counsel and ride again. 
right again. We have the victory, the Bible says, through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. But you know what? He's looking down and he's saying, hey, the kingdom of God is within you. What are you doing with it? Are you giving it out or are you keeping it all to yourself? One last comment. Agabus and Paul were on a prophetic journey, and so are we. So are you. <laughs> Let us be faithful, as Paul said, and be willing to die for our faith and our destiny. Great men are ordinary men that won't quit. Don't let people or circumstances divert you from fulfilling the word of God in your life. Never quit. Agabus was faithful in his prophetic vision. Let us keep pressing in. Father, I just pray for those that are here and Lord, those in the sound of my voice watching, would you just reach in and touch their hearts? Would you call them to a higher place that you can use them? Oh, God, would you blow upon this word and cause it to bring forth fruit? In Jesus' name, amen.